This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey, everyone. This is Chris. Hey, good evening and afternoon. This is Jesse. Please don't listen to this in the morning. You know, it <laughs> not does allowed. not exist. Not yeah. allowed. You you jumped right into that. I wasn't you didn't even give us a countdown or anything. <laughs> that was, took me off guard. Well, yeah. hello, everyone. It's it's been a, it's been a minute. We apologize. Uh, our schedules were. Yeah, it just conflicted. Like nothing was working out for us. You know, yeah. Jesse went to some other planet. Uh, Chris, I don't know. Chris was tired or something. <laughs> Chris tired. has actually been just, he's been talking into his microphone for two months straight. He's just waiting for us to sign on. Yeah, he's got a lot of B roll content. <laughs> he's going to splice it in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes uh yeah it's good good to be back now the summer is wide open right so three podcasts a week now i'm in (laughs) i'm in it's just gonna be like from uh what was it 20 2016 to 2020 where we forgot to hit record yeah right yeah Yeah. (laughs) just like so much yeah (laughs) speaking of which gentlemen uh coming up in january we got our uh, 10 year anniversary coming up Wow. Goodness. Right? Goodness. We got, Am I correct? Uh, 2014, right? I guess. January 2014, I believe. I'm doing some January, quick math. I remember that it was, checks it was out. winter time. It was cold. Yeah. <laughs> it was winter and it was cold. <laughs> I still huh. remember that first podcast. Uh, I, I do as well. Plate tectonics, if I'm not. Yeah. If I'm yeah, we got it correctly. Yeah. We have Lacey managing the phones. Oh, yes. right. Our yeah. inside jokes have evolved over the years. Lacey's still there. Wait. Yeah, we should we should get that 215-204. Shoot. Yeah, we got to find that number. Yeah. <laughs> the new grad students will be real confused if someone calls. <laughs> yeah. I'd be real confused if there was actually a phone in the office. <laughs> I, that's a great question. I don't think I have a phone in my office. Do you have a phone? I have a phone. I do. I do. And people call it and I do not pick up. I don't pick it up. I don't pick my phone up. Yeah. Who's calling? I'm like this. It's always wrong numbers. Oh, I get, I occasionally, I mean, it's usually right numbers, but I get a, I get an email that shows me their voicemail text and I'm like, all right, I can, Uh, I I, I screen my calls. You I can't figure out how to set my voicemail up. It's been sitting there for years. for like for like five years, my voicemail box was full because it can hold like five. I don't know. It's Temple system. It can hold like five voicemails. <laughs> and it's full. Nice. nice. Yeah. For a, for a while, I unplugged it. And actually, Telecom contacted me saying there was an issue. Like, oh, there, it, we can see there's a problem with your phone. And I was like, oh, it's just unplugged. And they're like, you need to plug it back in. Yeah. Wow. It's like, do I know? My the internet runs through it. I think there's something weird. Oh, there is. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say your mailbox was flooded with voicemails? <laughs> yes. You that like was, that, I guess that was slick. That was slick. <laughs> that was. You really. You're on it. 
because I was going to say that today's topic was about voicemails, but Steve just <laughs> yeah no I was I was ready to talk about telecoms for the next we're really going to jump into the ones and zeros of voicemails <laughs> yeah but you want to you want to stay within the channel within the banks of the channel which is not what this program's about no this one is going outside the banks we're venturing on the flood plane outside the flood plane floating down it's, some Yazoo uh, tributaries it's like uh it's like the song says when the levee breaks Things happen. I don't know what's up. Exactly. What did you say after the levee breaks? When the levee breaks. I don't know. Uh, which song are we talking about? When the levee breaks by the Zeppelin. Le- the Led Zeppelin. When the levee oh. breaks. Yeah, I knew there was a song about levee breaking, but I didn't know. Uh, I actually in my head I had uh, American Pie by Don McLean, but he's just driving his Chevy to the he's levee. Driving maybe he drives it. Maybe he drives it through the levee. Oh, jeez. In it's all the same universe. That you know? that's a little depressing. <laughs> I tried my Chevy well, through the levee. <laughs> I tried to kill everyone, but the levee was dry. <laughs> or maybe the the le- drove your Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. The levee wouldn't be dry. It'd be yeah. Why it's the river bit? Come on. Yeah. Don McLean needs Don McLean needs to listen to this podcast. I never uh, thought about that. Yeah. I never, no, I never really applied geology to American pie. Now, did you <laughs> just, a, just a side note, did you see the, the flooding down in Texas a couple months ago, whatever, where the levee, those, it was like a, I don't know, it was a little town. No, it was in California. Sorry, not Texas. Who cares. Uh, Another big state. Yeah. And the the levee, the one levee broke, and there was it was just pouring through. The water was pouring through, and these farmers were driving like F three fifties just into the breach to try and like clog it up. They needed something. They were trying to clog it up with their trucks, with their yeah, they were eighty thousand dollar trucks. Yeah, insurance man, they'll cover it. But Uh, yeah, it was it was kind of. I think it ended up. It sort of worked. It abated a bit, but I mean, that's something. Yeah. What's isn't there? Isn't there a movie where the? Le- I'm sure there's lots of movies. I feel like there's an old timey famous movie about the river rising. Yeah. But anyway, so today, today's. On, oh, God. I was going to say real bit. Do they have they ever done a movie on the Johnstown flood? I don't believe so. Or or if I, there is, know, I don't I, know if it was a big hit. I, I think there might be one like way back in the day. I, I feel like that's something where like there was a silent movie about it. Yeah. And then they haven't done anything since. Um, Let's see. Yeah, there was a 1926 silent movie. Nice pull, Jesse. Wow. That was impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for all I know, you're making that up, but either way, I'm, I'm there's impressed. another one from yeah. 1989. Oh, we're due for a reboot, is what I'm you saying. Are due for a reboot. We're also Wait. due to tell our listeners what our topic is today, which is flooding. Ah, we 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 probably should should have really 
formatted an outline. Here. I know we like to. Uh, we may lose our sponsor after this week, but we like to thank <laughs> our sponsor, the Formatting Formula. Uh, www.formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash Formatting Formula for all of your Word document formatting needs. Uh, it's funny. I um, so in Word, uh, you can you can do hyperlinks for like attachments. So when you you hit control and click the attachment and wham brings you right to the attachment. Super nice. Yeah. Right. But then it's like, okay, well I was on page two. Now I'm on page 147 at this attachment. What am I going to scroll all the way back to page two? And what did I do? Went on YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula, watch the video. If you hit, well, I'm going to spoiler alert. I'm telling you it's quick <laughs> trick here. If you hit alt, and the left arrow, bam, brings you right back to where you were in the text. No kidding. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I, so yeah, just like hate... hyperlink, bam. And then alt left arrow, bam, right back to where you were. Yeah. I hate when you like click on footnotes or something and it takes you to the footnote and then you're like, well, what page was, how do I get back to where I exactly. was? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So now, you know, alt left arrow. Wow. <sighs> the more you know. I'm telling you. But this is all formulaformula.com. They, they, they. You know, teach a man to fish kind of thing. So check them out. Tell them the Geology Flannel Cast sent you. And uh, obviously, we did not stick to the format so far <laughs> this week. We're, we're knocking the rust off off our boots. Is that yeah, a saying? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't know why your boots would be rusty, <laughs> but... Um, They're metal. Yeah. <laughs> They're loud. I, it's a suit of armor I wear. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, we we have talked about like river systems episode seventy six back in twenty twenty one. We talked about the hundred year flood and what that actually means. Um, that was episode one hundred five back in August of twenty one. What episode uh, is this? Where are we up to? Like 100? we are. I believe this is one fifty nine. I could wow. be. Wow. I, I was gonna say one fifty eight, but I think you're right. Yeah, I think one fifty eight was what disasters keep the flannel cast up at night uh that yeah. was a good one i'm still awake <laughs> he hasn't fallen asleep to... since yeah. <laughs> One 158 I'm, I'm, my eyes are all bloodshot <laughs> so tired he's just got piles and piles of five-hour energies behind him <laughs> but yeah so we're going to be talking uh just a ge- general overview on floods um what what some of the terms mean um, and interestingly enough, I just listened to an article two days ago about, uh, FEMA is redoing their flood maps and redoing their insurance rates, which most people are probably not going to be happy about, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But, um, you know, what, what, what defines a flood gentlemen? Is this uh, like a hypothetical question, or I'm just there... you know what? what, what How I would know you, what I, in I your what own I, words, a flood to me would be when the stream, some sort of flowing body of water, overflows its banks. That that to me means flood. You know, it could just be a creek that goes over its its banks. It could be a major river that goes over its banks. Somehow it reaches to a point where it's no longer contained within the channel. That's what a flood means to me. Uh, I don't know if that's actually like the USGS definition of a flood, but 
um, that's how I would define a flood. That's uh, pretty close to the definition that I'm looking at right now. Yeah, that's I would I, I would I would say it overtops its banks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like su- uh, sufficient, the water has risen to a sufficient level to cause it inundation of the areas surrounding the banks. Something. Are something, you reading the same definition that I'm? <laughs> I got the I put up the definition of the word flood stage on on Wikipedia, where I guess yeah. the Wikipedia site on on flood yeah. stage. There's the, there's. Normal stage, bank full, and then flood stage, right? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, bank full. That's I guess that's right before flood stage. Yes, you're basically. Yeah. It's like yeah, you're uh, on the brink. So flood stage is uh, flood stage is the water level or stage at which the surface of a body of water has risen to a sufficient level to cause sufficient inundation of areas that are not normally covered by water causing an inconvenience i like that word or a threat to life and property yeah this is annoying or i might die (laughs) Uh, if it's annoying (laughs) congratulations you hit flood stage (laughs) it it makes it sound like floods are a pest you know (laughs) but but flood is back again (laughs) and and it's funny like bank full like Think think of any sort of stream system you've ever seen. Like, how do you reach? It's almost impossible to reach bank full at one spot without either being under bank full or at flood stage in another spot. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Nobody's say that one, I'm sorry. With... Say, that, say that one so, more time. Yeah. You know, if if you're full in one spot, yeah. You're you're usually overflowing in another spot, if that makes sense. It, it's it's almost never this perfectly level bathtub going yeah. all the way out yeah, to the ocean. I mean, because that's all to, I'm saying. Yeah, because you have to take into account just uh, how much volume can the channel hold, and the river channel hold at any given location. That's that's going to change. Um, there's a lot lot of uh, you know the there's a there's a couple there's a lot of different variables. One thing I was uh, I was watching a YouTube video, uh, more of an engineering kind of thing, but talking about how some townships are putting up levees, right? So say say let's let me, let me give you this hypothetical situation. Break it down for uh, me, Chris. Yeah, right. I'm excited. Town A and Town B are right next to each other. The, the river separates the, the two towns, right? right. Town A constructs um, an artificial levee. Right to help protect them from from the river flooding. Right. Well, by them doing that, if Town B also does not, if Town B does not uh, construct an artificial levee, Town B is going to get walloped even harder when that river floods. Now, Town A will be it'll be fine. Well, it should you know as long as the river doesn't top overtop the levee. But I guess the 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 thing that the video was about was saying how putting up levees are actually making flooding much worse for other other uh, nearby townships. I can see that. <clears throat> Water's got to go somewhere, you know. Yeah, I don't th- there are towns uh even in upstate Pennsylvania like uh you know where like Lock Haven University is where you know they have levees like when you cross a bridge like they're like big giant doors that can close to cut off the flow from the river 
like in the spring when the the spring melts happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I can totally see that happening in yeah. the town. It's like um, an arms race <laughs> for who, who's gonna who's gonna build the levy higher, and then then you have all the people downstream <laughs> that have to worry about it too. Well, yeah, and so are those should the uh, should the township be responsible for creating flooding somewhere else because of their actions? It gets into this whole like you know. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean it's like it's like building a a, a jetty or a spit too, like. You know, yeah. yeah. If I if I build a jetty, and then down current is the next town over, and they're getting screwed because they're getting all their sand is being eroded. Then, I mean, it's it's why we have the dead zone right now in the Gulf of Mexico is from flood mitigation mm-hmm. on the Mississippi River, um, because flooding is to some extent. Well, flooding is natural, one. Two, it, it does provide some positives. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It distributes sediment and nutrients <clears throat> along the floodplain. Well, that was the whole thing with the, the Egyptians had a, the, uh, the ancient Egyptians, not the modern Egyptians, had a. <laughs> Maybe the modern. Yeah, Maybe the modern, the modern too. Egyptians. <laughs> Who am I to judge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that. But they had a. When when the Nile the Nile used to flood, that was the whole thing. It was very um, uh, it always flooded Cyclical. at the same time. Yeah. Cyclical, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very period, very regular, and it's every year. Every and year, they like they knew work. they knew it was coming, and they knew it was beneficial, and they didn't try to stop it. Yeah, and I mean they took advantage of it. And that's I mean you you look at where agriculture springs up, and you know it's it's there, and and you know the fertile crescent you know in in modern day iraq Mm -hmm. the tigris and the euphrates flooding creates really fertile valleys literally the the fertile crescent i call it the tigris you call it the tigris no i said tigris oh tigris Tigris. i I thought you said tigris my bad no i just thought i'd been mispronouncing it i just assumed Uh, you were correct and i was wrong yeah no (laughs) no I, i however Indiana Jones pronounce it. That's how I pronounce <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, it's you, so you get this beneficial nature to it. But you know, we we build these man-made structures to prevent it because because of property and human life, I suppose. It's why we have the flood insurance program. Yes, right. <clears throat> it was it was because of flooding in the lower Mississippi river, lower Mississippi Valley. And I guess the Tennessee Valley to, to ensure these low lying areas, but now it's all being spent up on beach homes. So before, that, go ahead. I just want to say one thing real fast before you get into the flood insurance program. Uh, one other uh, fun fact about flood flooding. Uh, so Coastal Louisiana is has one of the fastest rates of relative sea level rise, oh, the fastest rate of relative sea level rise in the country. It's like a, like a centimeter a year right now for those people, right? And one of the reasons that they're having such uh, fast or such a high rate of relative sea level rise is because the the ground is subsiding. One of the factors causing that subsidence is that the Army Corps of Engineers has 
stopped flooding in on the southern part of the Mississippi River with all of the artificial levees that they've put up. So you're not getting this flooding. And what the when the when the river does flood, um, it lays down all this sediment. Well, what's happening is it's not getting so every year just more sediment gets piled on top of you know on, on the floodplain, and that's not happening. And so that's that's actually one of the one of the causes for that that area to uh of subsidence because it's just not getting that uh that uh dose of sediment every year when the hmm. uh because the lower mississippi doesn't flood do you do you know why <clears throat> do, do you know why that is why what is why they implemented that 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 anti-flooding why they're so anti-flooding I just figured I don't know why, but I, I just figured it's because of all the, the the shipping, all the infrastructure in that area. It's because of the 1927 Mississippi River, the Great Mississippi River flood, um, that uh, uh, killed I want to say over 500 people. Wow! And so it was it was this flooding in in 1927 in the Lower Mississippi Valley. Um, I don't know exact. I don't know the climatic reason why off the top of my head, but I do know that after that occurred into the thirties, they implemented the flood control act of 1936. Ah, it was, and, um, so essentially from 1928 onwards through the control act, you know, the army Corps started building levees and locks and runoff channels. And, and have you ever seen the, the scale model of the Mississippi river basin? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? So there's a, there's this 200 acre, like a scale model of the lower Mississippi river. And it's, yeah, it's it's one, it's in like a warehouse, right? Oh well, it's 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 a it's a park now because I don't use it anymore. Um, I, I'm trying to f- figure out where exactly it's near. It's in Mississippi, I guess near Vicksburg, maybe. And it's one to one hundred vertical and one to two thousand horizontal. Wow! And so, like at the scale, the Appalachian Mountains are twenty. They're twenty feet tall, so it's like it's big. Like you can walk around it. It's two hundred acres. Wow, huge. yeah, 200 acres is pretty big. Yeah. But they used it to simulate flooding, so they knew, like, where to put levees, and if they put one here, how it would flood downstream. It's the whole idea about, you know, how it affects your neighbor, how it affects the other side of the river downstream. It took, um, it it, it was basically, it, it took almost 20 years to build. Wow. <laughs> and uh, they started building in 1943, and uh, I guess they finished in 1966, and they they used it until 1973, and then they stopped. <laughs> they, I mean, they it was it was in parts of it were in operation from 1949 until 19, but still, that's only you know 20 less than yeah. 25 years of use. So it took them <laughs> 20 years to build it, and they used it for 25 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But it, it all stemmed from this flood event, and that's you know part part of the the flood event, the Great Mississippi flood of 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 nineteen twenty seven. You know, it has all these implications. One of them, you know, one of the the knock on 
effects or it's one of the one of the probably many factors that led to sort of the great migration of of population moving north mm. when you look at you know the african american populations that migrate north during that time so it's it's sort of interesting and it all stems from from this you know partially from this natural disaster so you mentioned that um, the the Miss the the levees all the yeah all the levees leads or it can call, help or one of the factors that causes the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico would is it just how exactly are the levees causing the dead zone? They're um, attributing so contributing the, the, the rivers can't the river can't flood anymore, right? So yeah. any sediment that that flows in through tributaries and and whatnot all along the course of the river, normally that that sediment that goes in, if it floods along the course of the river, it's going to drop some of that sediment. Now it's just concentrating in and carrying it all the way to where it deposits at the delta. I got you. so it, it no longer uh, you know can can sort of dump it along the way through through flooding events. Okay, it just. Okay. It it constant just pumps it all downstream to the outlet. Okay, Makes and that sense. that's why. So you, you have this enormous amount of sediment now, and so all the filter feeders and whatnot in the delta die. Hmm. Dead zone. Probably, I assume if if you're going to pick a part of the Gulf of Mexico that's haunted, that's it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the whole Gulf of Mexico is probably haunted, but uh, it's got to be. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, every time they, one of those oil pa- platforms drills a hole, when they open it up before the oil comes out, you hear screams. Yeah, it's the souls of the undead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they got to vent off the demons first before you can pull <laughs> yeah, up the oil. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it's classic. Uh, it's textbook petroleum geology right <laughs> it's there. just like yeah like just like in the, the the first ghostbusters where they had the uh uh wherever that that thing that held all the ghosts they caught you know yeah oh yeah shut the power off and just pff, all the ghosts come flying out right yep. that's the containment the- unit yeah, yeah light turns that's- green the trap is clean <laughs> <laughs> um all right so so we talked a few different terms about floods uh flood crest is something that comes up a lot and uh, some people don't quite understand, like, flood crest can happen hours and hours and hours after it stops raining. That could be days. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a flood crest is when the, the level uh, at which the river peaks. A- and you hear on the news, like, oh, we expect the river to crest at 21 feet. Mm-hmm. And people are like, it stopped raining yesterday like why why do we expect it's going to crest at 21 feet above flood stage so 21 feet above flood stage first of all i I picked that number out of random but that that's gigantic yeah but it's it's not unheard of like we've we've definitely you want to you want to think some people and i always used to think this too when i was like when i was much much younger but when you hear like uh you know 21 like yeah like something like like you say 20 feet above you know normal or it's uh, we we say above like normal stage, right? That's vertical feet, right? Yes. I when, I remember when I was like when I was like in high school, I was I would uh you know hear this term and I would think like oh well if it's just twenty one feet past the bank of the river, like how why is that so bad? No 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 no, that's twenty one vertical feet, and it could be you know 
yeah you know a mile past the bank of the river you know yeah. it depends on, on how steep the gradient how, is. yeah how how big your topography is so uh when i was in high school and this is actually one of the things that one of the projects that got me really into geology i had an environmental science class in high school and we had to do a, a stream gauge problem based on recharge rates of rivers and you know when you have a lot of open space, a lot of greenery, a lot of what we call uh, permeable surfaces. So things that are not roofs, roads, sidewalks, when you have a lot of things like forests or or even farmland, um, when the rain comes down, it infiltrates into the ground, gets into the groundwater, and then eventually makes its way to the streams. Um, when you have a lot of uh, impermeable services like parking lots, roads, roofs, sidewalks, uh, even lawns. Like lawns are only like, lawns have like 85% runoff. So like even lawns are pretty, pretty much runoff most of your water. That tends to get to the stream super fast. So if you're in a more urban environment, your stream is going to crest, you know, it's, it's going to peak its maximum flood level quicker than if you're in a more rural environment or let less, I guess, just less urban environment. So that that time it takes for the water to actually get to the river uh, can be variable to pay, depending upon what your surroundings are. But it, it also, um, but that no matter what, even if you have like 100% impermeable surfaces, that, that water is still going to take a minute to hours to maybe days to actually get to the river and then all those little tributaries too are going to take a minute to get to the main river before they crest before all the water gets to the river and then finally you actually get to the point where you're stop inputting more than you're discharging if that makes sense so your discharge is how much water is coming out of the river into the let's say ocean your input is all the different tributaries, all the runoff, all the groundwater. Everything, everything is coming into the river is your input and your discharge is your output. So if your output is less than your input, your river is just going to keep going up and up and up and up and up and you're going to crest. And when you that, that's why uh, news, not newscasters, but that's why scientists can can kind of anticipate when the river is going to crest. We expect this river to crest. Tuesday night at midnight, and we expect it to be 21 feet above flood stage. And they can pretty accurately predict that stuff because they know the basic geology. They know the basic topography. They know all these different inputs. Um, you know, it's not an exact science because they don't know every single thing, but they, they know pretty well about what's going to happen. Yeah, it's just a matter of just, um, you know, if you know that X amount of inches of rain fell, um, and you know what that catchment basin is for the for the river. You can kind of assume, you can kind of, I don't know. I, I've actually never done that calculation before, but um, you can kind of assume, you know, a certain a certain volume has to go into that river, and you know, the river can only handle a certain volume before before it floods. So, yep, it's it's why like we know the normal discharge and the normal flow, but it it also it's also why we can send out like flash flood warnings because we know 
if if like Steve was saying, if you have a largely impermeable surfaces and you get X amount of rain, we know there won't be time for it to absorb in the ground. It's going to flow across the surface and cause like flooding on the surface quickly. Mm-hmm. It won't be able to flow into the channel. It won't be able to get absorbed in the ground or inf- infiltrate. So when you see things like flashing, you know, your phone, if you get beeped for a flash flood warning. Yeah, this this does happen a lot more, too, in like the southwest (laughs) where there's not a lot of absorption. There's not a lot of forest. There's not a lot of things like that. It's just straight up bedrock or so when when the rain falls, it's got. Yeah, exactly. Arroyos. So when the rain falls, it's got nowhere to go but down and you could be literally walking in a canyon. And then it's it's like a wall of water just comes rushing through. Like there, it's not like it's a trickle and it slowly fills up. Like it's like no, it's like there's nothing. And then whoosh. Oh, if you ever want to watch some wild videos, uh, flash floods going down in Arroyo because it's it's not even water. It's just like a a slurry of just yeah. It's geez, almost like a lahar, I, but yeah, kind of yeah yeah yeah. But you don't want to because I guess. Uh, uh, people have these, there's all sorts of YouTube videos. Check it out on YouTube. Uh, flash floods and arroyos, you can see it coming down. And so, I guess it, uh, I mean, the so there's videos where it's like nice, clear skies, you know, nice bluebird day, and like this, like this flash floods coming down the arroyo because further upstream, up gradient, there was a rainstorm, you know, and it's and mm-hmm. it didn't even have to hit whatever town further further down gradient but that water is gonna that water is gonna come down so never ever ever uh if you're ever out um out in the wilderness never never set up camp in an arroyo no because it doesn't have to be raining for that flash flood to come down and and do damage and people drown from these things too yeah, you know? all the time yeah yeah and you can you can check out our lahar podcast number 97 yeah yeah these- i feel i'm Sorry, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say I just wanted to they're not caused these the the royal flash floods are not caused from volcanoes though. That's <laughs> no 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 no. I was just talking about how they're they're they have similar properties in that like it's like not just water, it's it's a mud, you know, just it's like a mud slur. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's a mess. Yeah, there's, that, yeah. There's debris yeah. in there and and yeah, it's 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 not it's not basically like just a ca- catastrophic event of some sort of liquid like substance rushing down a canyon. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's I the like only similarities. Like, yes. When I when I was out in I feel like when I was out in Utah the one time we were out in like a slot canyon or something um looking at rocks whatever normal stuff whatever and it, uh, i feel like uh water started trickling through coming down it was it was perfectly clear out where we were and the guy we were with who was who was from around there was like all right we got to get out of here now cuz he he knew there was water coming down the valley from somewhere cuz it started trickling in even though it wasn't like raining or anything out wow and uh, somewhere you know somewhere up the line it was it was raining and it, it had started, you know, being channeled down this, down this Canyon, down this Valley from, from parts unknown, I assume, (laughs) but, but I mean, it's, it's, it is the case where like 
flash floods and 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 things like that they 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 kill people because they underestimate the 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 strength of the water especially moving water right you know it it overtops a river and covers a road and it doesn't look like much and people try and drive through it and it doesn't take much and it picks up your car and next thing you know it pushes it into the channel and then yep you know you're kind of in trouble yeah you, you know if you do the physics of it like whatever the ground clearance of your car is it is basically all you can get away with like i drive a yes. civic my my ground clearance is like five inches so if i try to drive through five inches of water my car is getting swept away like it's, i could probably yeah, get away with like three inches where it's just hitting my tires and that's it but even then that's still a lot of force against a car that doesn't weigh that much. So it, yeah, the rule the rule I always use is six inches of moving water will pick up a car and move it. Yes, yeah, but that's what that's what I'm trying to say. Like the lower your car is, that the less amount of water you need. Like all right, maybe if you're driving like an F three fifty and driving it into a into a levee that's broken, then. <laughs> Maybe you can get away with like eight inches or 10 inches of water. But my Civic, I remember once I was driving to work and it was just like a thin layer. It looked like a thin layer of water across the road. And I was like, oh, all right. Like we can just, I can drive across this. Like I can still see the yellow lines and everything. And as I'm driving, my car starts to skid. And I was like, you can't be kidding me. Like I can still see the lines through the water. Like, and my car still moved. I was like, Whoop, all right. Yeah. That, it's, that, uh, it's got, got that density attention. in that movement. Yep. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. I guess if you have an F-350, first off, why? <laughs> unless, 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 well, you're, unless you're hauling goods. Or, or, yeah, I was going to say, unless, I was just about to say, unless you're hauling goods or you, you, you work on a farm. Well, we were talking we, earlier about how they were driving them into the levee to try to clog the levee. That's that's a good point. Yeah, that, yeah. they they are Patreon extra beforehand. We were talking about when a levy broke and like farmers would just like try to. I clog think that the was levy. the actual podcast. Was it? Oh, sorry. We were, yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> all right. But if you're if you're like me driving your low rider El Camino, which nice. I drive around. El Camino, uh, El Mino Machino. <laughs> any, any any sort of drizzle that comes down, I have to put it away. <laughs> it gets carried away at a breeze. Yeah. It's got uh <laughs> flannel cast machine written on the side. It's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, people know. People know. I do all my field work in an El Camino. <laughs> oh man. Uh, speaking of which, if you'd like to support our podcast and, and, uh, help pay for Jesse's El Camino, check us out at patreon.com. <laughs> um, Jesse, if you take uh, that El Camino out in a, in a good enough rainstorm, you can turn that back into like a, a pool. Ooh, yeah. A little hot tub. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. El Camino hot tub. Talk about, Nothing yeah. It says classy like El Camino hot tub. <laughs> Talk about harnessing the power of water. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So. So again. Uh, again, I don't have a much research on this because I just read this article the other day, uh, yesterday. But FEMA is redoing their flood insurance maps. Yeah. How about that? So. Um. 
which makes sense. I, I, we we touched on this in our hundred year flood podcast, um, but the, the climate change is messing with things. Uh, so now, what used to be a hundred year flood zone is no longer a hundred year flood zone. What used to be a five hundred year flood zone is no longer a five hundred year flood zone. What FEMA used to do was just like. You're in a flood zone. Here's your monthly payment to have flood insurance. Um, okay, great. But then, like Jesse alluded to, like people in million dollar beach houses were paying this flood insurance. I was like, you know, I, I'm I'm pulling a number out of my butt here, but like twenty bucks a month versus someone who lived on some random tributary of the Schuylkill River in a shack was also paying $20 a month because they were in a flood zone. Now what FEMA is doing is they, they've reassessed the maps because, you know, just for a, a myriad of reasons, but climate change being one of them in that your hundred year flood area is now much, much larger. Your, and your 500 year flood area is basically what your hundred year flood area used to be. Um, so, okay, so your, your flood zones have gotten basically larger. But also what they're now doing is assessing the value of your property in addition to just whether or not you're in a flood zone. So now if you own a $10 million property on Long Beach Island, you now have to pay according to the value of your property. So your your flood insurance is now going up exponentially which makes sense like if you, if you drive a jalopy 82 accord versus a lamborghini 2023 you would expect your insurance rates to be different correct yeah yeah so now fema before used to be like you drive a car here's your car insurance didn't matter what the car was or whatever and then they would compensate you if your car got wrecked now FEMA is saying, "Oh, you have a house that's worth a hundred grand on a floodplain in rural West Virginia, versus you have a, a house on a coastal zone that's worth ten million dollars in Long Beach Island. We're now going to charge you differently. So now, flood insurance, basically across the United States, is going up." Um, for everyone, but now it's at least being shared more equitably versus the people that have super expensive properties versus people who don't have expensive properties. Um, and, and what I didn't realize is it, in this article, it was my understanding previously that basically no insurance company insures flood insurance anymore. I mm-hmm. thought it was just FEMA, but apparently there are a few private insurance companies that will, will insure you for flood insurance. Um, um, it's it's like a dozen or so companies. I'm assuming it's expensive because it's just it's not very uh, profitable endeavor, flood insurance. Yeah. That's it, why FEMA had to take over. It's super expensive. And even the FEMA is super expensive. I remember when we were looking for a house. So we're in an area where there's a bunch of rivers. And we looked at a house that was next to like a, a trickle of a creek that was in like 
it was it was essentially like it looked like the Los Angeles River. It was like concreted. The the whole river, the whole <laughs> creek was like concreted. Uh and that's a technical term. Uh, and uh it still required flood insurance. And it it was like a thousand dollars a month. It right. was wow. insane. So it, it like literally priced us out of this house, which you know, this was ten years ago, and it was like it, 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 the house itself wasn't expensive. You know, it was a 1200 square foot house. It was, it wasn't a big house. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a mansion. It was, it was just, and the river, the Creek itself hadn't flooded. And, you know, I, I've, I've lived in this area now, uh, almost 14 years and I've never known it to flood. I, a, the creeks themselves have been managed by the army Corps because they flooded during Hurricane Ida. Mm. And um, after that, the Army Corps came in and put some bypass pipes in, big 48-inch pipes, and handles it. It's a tributary of the Delaware. Yeah, um, it, it's it's a it's a big deal. I mean, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. think about it. If you bought that house prior to reassessment, and then they reassessed... Now all of a sudden you you probably lost a lot of equity in your home. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, you still have a house with a creek in the back, which is nice. It's the concrete creek. Yeah. Well, we didn't buy the house; it cost too much. I mean, the the insurance cost them. The house itself was in our price range. Yeah, but it's a you know extra thousand dollars. No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, nope. th- yeah, not for nothing. I mean. Yes, is the life of flannel caster glorious and luxurious? Yes, but uh, let's face it, we can't afford an extra thousand dollars a month. <laughs> but if you want to, if you if you know a rich uncle who wants to support the podcast, and then Jesse yeah, can they, Jesse can buy that house with the creek in the back. <laughs> if they want to put us up, <clears throat> if they want to put us up in a a, a beach house, a podcast Ooh. studio beach house, I'll I'll pay the insurance if they pay for the house. All right, uh, I know you know we're going off on a tangent, and this is weird for us. Yeah, but uh, beach house or mountain house? Mountain house. I had a good mountain house. Right, me too. Like, yeah, yeah. Same. Sorry, I, I guess we're. Um, bi- it's probably a, a skewed sample yeah. here, but because we're all geologists, but well, you're at I'm least also, a coastal I'm, geologist. Well, I'm the coastal geologist. Yeah, I'm cool. still picking the mountains over the beach. Nice. Yeah. All right. You know, if you, uh, if you were to be gifted a house. Not, I would not, take it anywhere. I don't know. Well, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. 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 Um, so what, one of the things I wanted to say uh, about, uh, I guess, uh, why FEMA is is redoing all these these flood maps and, yeah, climate change and, and, and that stuff and uh, uh, more intense weather events, but also uh, human human sprawl or just, you know, human population increase and uh, urban sprawl going um occurring that that affects flooding as well um i don't think that gets enough uh gets enough attention no, uh, that- everyone's uh, you know harping on the climate change thing and and intense weather events but you know uh, cities are expanding and the the footprint of of these cities are, are you know it's getting bigger and what's happening is as, as these cities expand the suburbs are you know continue to bloom and more rural areas be, uh start to get developed you're getting more and more concrete you get more and more impervious surfaces and uh that's going to 
give you that, like what Steve was talking about earlier, um, you know, right after there's a intense rainfall event, you're going to get that, that flux of water immediately into, into the, you know, the surrounding creeks, tributaries, rivers, and stuff like that. Whereas, um, you know, when it was more of a, a natural environment, um, you know, it might take a couple of days for that water to percolate through the, um, you know, as groundwater to, to get through, um, to get into, into the river. So what's happening is, is, as, um, you know, rural, rural areas become more and more developed. Um, these rivers are going from, uh, uh, like, I guess what's the what's the correct term? Like a rural river to like an urban stream. The urban streams are the ones where you get tons and tons of erosion, and and you will get these like uh like flash floods. And even um, just just little things like uh, channelization. Like uh, I have a, a site in Wilmington where it's the Christina River, and we have a, a, a aerial photograph from the 1930s, and it's you know there's like banks like just these mud banks that that go on for like 20 30 feet where you'd have to like muck through to get to the river and then you just fast forward like 20 years and all of a sudden they filled all that in and put in bulkheads so so that you can get to the river easily and that boats can come right up to the bulkhead well even just that that 20 feet of like wetlands being essentially cut off really changes the dynamic of like, it would slow down the water. It would, it would allow the water to come up to the, to the banks more gradually, like just it's it's catchment. They're losing catchment. Yeah. So all that stuff changes the dynamic. I mean, look at any urban area and, and you'll see a history of not only doing that, but like physically covering over. Yes streams and and i I know there's a push in parts of new york city now to uncover some of these streams that are still flowing in the subsurface to to give you know because they're starting to have more and more issues with flooding and so it'll it'll give more of an outlet now for for surface water to flow into i mean in in philly itself we we've covered over we have two major rivers, you know, that, that hug the city and they all have tributaries that flow into them. And, and in the city itself, they're all covered over. Yeah. You, you, you know, you got to get outside the city to, to see. And, you know, there, the, if you look at earlier, the, or you go back in time, you, you start looking at maps as you go back, you'll see all these rivers and you go back further, you see even more, you go back even further and you see more, yep. you know, a lot, a lot of the, you know, and you you have you look at street names and you look at whatnot, and they're named after these these creeks and whatnot. And that, it's interesting that, too. I did I did a project uh, in grad school. Um, there was a historical map, and lidar had just come out. This was like what twelve years ago or something. So a lidar map of Philly came out, and I had overlaid the historical stream beds with the lidar map and. You could see it, like you could see the little depressions all across the city where yeah. these streams used to be. Yeah, I was going to bring that piece at Temple. When you get down to down by the train station, you see the one creek. If you look at the lidar, mm-hmm. where it goes on North Street, there you can actually see a depression because there's a creek underneath it. 
yeah, you know, the train trestle. Yeah, even even the uh, parking lot, lot, uh, the Norris parking lot. You can see there's a, there's a little depression in the Norris parking lot because that's where a creek yeah. used to be, and yeah, like even in my neighborhood, like a little suburban neighborhood, there's you know the the sewers, you know the the rain runoff, and there's this one spot, uh, inlet spot up the street from me. It's up a hill and it constantly sounds like water running. It hasn't rained in days. That's groundwater. Th- that yeah. used to be a creek. This is not like, this is not a natural, or this is not like catching storm water. This is like, they're catching groundwater. This used to be a creek and now it's not a creek anymore. Now it's just, they're channelizing it down to the creek further down the road. So. Like a, yeah. You're not gonna um, beat Mother Nature. She's gonna win 100 percent of the time. Yeah. Do you want? I I've got some historic floods here. Do you want? I got two big ones. You want me to talk about? Yeah. Sure. Got it. Mother Nature wins. People die. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> so the first one is uh the 1931. <laughs> yeah, the 1931 um, China floods. So it's the Yangtze and the the Huai flood river floods. Um, in the summer of 1931, uh, how bad were they? Really bad. Like thousands uh, of people died from those, right? Uh, and, estimated, and estimated upwards of four million. Holy four million! Oh my God. <laughs> wow! So, wow! That was uh, way off. Oft, often considered the worst natural disaster ever. What year so, was this again? Thirty-one. Nineteen thirty-one. Yeah, it was a great summer here in Pennsylvania. Oh, man. I went swimming so much. Yeah, right? In 1931. Uh, 1931, it was the Great Depression, but it was all right. We were making do. Um, Uh, No, I was wealthy. I was living it up. (laughs) uh, I was was swimming for... the Dust Bowl was just beginning, and I I had nary a care. Anyway... (laughs) um, so, you know, the previous like two or three years, China was suffering from a, a drought. So everything was super dry. And then that winter, they got a ton of snow. And um, so you had all the snow that built up, you know, similar to like California this past winter, this past year. So during the spring, all of the snow melted. The ground is... Uh, so this thing, when the ground dries out, right, it, it takes longer to, to, to wet and undry, right? So everything, it becomes almost like a hard impermeable surface. Um, you know, you can think of a sponge, you know, if it's sponge is, is super rock hard and you turn the faucet on a lot of that water will bounce off before the sponge gets, uh that is you a know, great analogy i love that absorbs yeah and and, and starts absorbing okay. it uh and also like the ground can only absorb so much sponge yeah great once analogy. it's full it's full once it's full so anyway all of this water started melting and and so you know having winter having spring floods is sort of normal they they kind of were used to that but it was exacerbated because it was a harsh winter and it had been dry for a couple of years <laughs> But during the, the the spring was particularly wet. They got a lot of rainstorms more than they were used to. Um, 
you know, I, 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 I'm trying to see here. At, at one point, they got 24 inches of rain in one month, oh, which is a, a lot. <laughs> and then June and July, they got hit by a bunch of cyclones. Jeez. And they had averaged two a year. And in July alone, they got hit by nine. What? <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, the, the who, best who estimate... cursed the gods? <laughs> Like that's the best, the best estimate at the height. Um, the, the, I want to say, uh, in Wuhan, they were 53 feet above flood stage. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, uh, absolutely devastating, you know, 25 million people affected by it. Uh, but it may be as high as 53 million people uh, affected by this floods. Um, and, and it ultimately, you know, the, the thing with floods too, is it's not just like drowning, which is obviously the main concern, but you have these, these downstream effects, not that's a pun uh, where you have like <clears throat> the, aside from the the economics and and whatnot but you you get like disease crops up uh you know in modern day when an area floods you know the 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 sewage treatment plant floods Mm -hmm. and it can't work and so then you get raw sewage mixing with this water that's why you see these you know places flood and you see people like swimming through it like they're dummies there's poop in that water yeah don't swim in fl- that flood water is really dangerous if it's moving because it'll carry you away and you could drown. But it's also really dangerous because it, it becomes really quickly prone to disease. And yeah. so disease is is easily the, the killer, you know, cholera and and, you know, you, you get dysentery and things like that. And that's that's what a lot of it and, and, and this you- part of China, a lot of it was like during it was all during the growing season so all the fields flood that leads to famine yeah because nothing is growing you want to hear a fun fact about sewage treatment plants yeah so Always. inspectors inspect sewage treatment plants and when after a rain event they look down gradient and they look for tomato plants because humans ingest tomatoes the tomato seeds are covered in like this essentially like gel that makes them essentially pass through animals and humans and then they that that's how tomatoes evolved to to spread their seeds but so in the whole sewage treatment plant process tomato seeds eventually make it through the process and if the sewage treatment plant overflows, then you usually see tomato plants growing down gradient from a sewage treatment plant. So inspectors actually look to see if there's tomato plants growing down gradient from sewage treatment plants. If it's working or not. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And that's, you know. It, it is it's it's all it's these things that that maybe you don't nece- necessarily think of yeah but There's i mean you, you, you wipe out a crop in 1931 like you're yeah. 
like what's your backup plan there's no there's no refrigeration at that point i mean there was no, but and, like not it wasn't global and it's it's the great depression right where you know there's no all of you were into we're into the beginning stages of the dust bowl like all of the grain in the u.s is is not growing uh yeah, i don't even know what was there that global distribution of grain at that point maybe not even then but uh we were starting to um yeah yeah i mean there was global trade there was like tea and coffee and things like that but well no and it's it's funny because like um herbert hoover before he became the president that led leading into the great depression and like synonymous with that now and like hoovervilles were named you know these hobo camps for people displaced and whatnot from the great depression Prior to that, he led relief efforts after World War One to prevent famine in 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 Europe, like getting food distributed, getting grain distributed, hmm. and like I, w- I want to say it's like in Finland, he's like a national hero. He, he, was he given the Nobel Peace Peace Prize? He might have been. That's why because he, until he ran for president, he was like this revered figure to some extent because that's why all i think is hoover screwed the pooch in the great depression (laughs) yeah but uh i mean yeah you're looking at so it's and you have in you know the the soviets the um you know stalin's enforced famine in in ukraine was in 32 mm-hmm. so like there's no grain so yeah it's like all of it's the, the worst time to have a flood all right and then so case, what, what was the second it, flood well i just I, the, right, the, yeah, sorry. The, the addendum to this is that that it it eventually was the beginning of preparing to build the three gorges dam ah. in in china which was it began construction in 94 but it's the largest dam in the world. It's the largest yeah. dam in the world, right? So um, from th- uh, th- that's the impetus started in 31 and they built it in 94 yep, or started. Yeah, in 94. Was, I mean, it took it a was while. like the idea. The idea starts percolating. You, you start the percolator. Yeah, it's time you for the percolator. You can't stop it. It's time for the percolator. Yeah. So. um, uh. All right. The second one I want to talk about real quick is the 1953 North Sea flood. And so this is uh, it's a storm that occurred in in January of 1953. So it's one of these winter storms and the storm surge. um, You know, the storm hit. It's sort of like Hurricane Sandy, right? The storm hit at high tide and it was a, a really low pressure system. And so the surge itself was was like 15 to 20 feet um, that pushed uh, into the low countries. Uh, so like that's the Netherlands, Belgium. Surge. Yeah, that, that's a category five storm surge. That's, that's you know, 15 feet, 20 feet. That's, you know, category four, category five storm surge. Yeah. That's right. uh, uh, you know, they didn't have the winds, but um and it, so pushed in the Netherlands, Belgium, which are at or below sea level already in 1953, and into the the UK, so into in England and Scotland, and uh, devastating f- floods. You know, two to three thousand people were killed. 
um, but it, it leads to <clears throat> um, the Netherlands developing the Delta Works, which you may be familiar. Those huge gates. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that open and cro- close across. They, they start building them. They were completed. They started building them in the late fifties. They went right for it. Completed them in the the late nineties. And the Thames barrier was, was a result of this as well. So the big floodgates that come up in, in the Thames during, during, uh, you know, high tide or storm surge events. So it's, it's, it's how we adapt to these floods that, uh, I think is the story here. And they, and it's, they've talked about putting those similar types of flood barriers in essentially Manhattan, like, yeah, at, at a cost of, I, I forget what the cost was. It was like $50 billion or something like that. Like something silly. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's, and part of it is like, yeah, it, it, it is, it, it's, it's true. And like the, the cost, but I, I want to say the, the costs, of the Thames barrier was half a billion dollars. It was, it was finished in 84, started in 81. Um, uh, and that today would be uh, a couple billion dollars. Not, not much, 200%. So, yeah, what did I say? Five? If it was half Let's million, it'd be a billion. Yeah, six. Yeah, six six hundred six hundred million. Yeah, be almost two billion, which absolutely about doing it. Yeah, uh, that is nothing. And the the Delta Works, which is our series of of things in the Netherlands, you know, at completion, the cost were you know, around 13 billion, which again, in the grand scheme of things, ain't nothing. No, I mean, it's not, it's not nothing, but you know, think about like, think about hurricane Sandy, how much damage did it cost? Mm-hmm. No, no, you know, I, I, I agree. And like the half of the world's population lives in coastal areas. More. Than yeah. That. It's like 60 something. Yeah. So and we're start we're starting to see these flood events from just like storms. You know how many hundred years, like you were saying, how many hundred year storms have we had recently? Right. And how much money? Yeah. How so much is, so how much is the flood insurance paying out every time? Yeah. With you know, not not that you shouldn't go back and listen to our podcast on the hundred year flood, which is episode one hundred five, <laughs> but. Uh, the hundred year storm used to mean like you have a one percent chance of this amount of storm happening, and that one percent chance it is no longer a one percent chance. It's like I you know I don't know the exact number, but it's now like a twenty percent chance of this storm happening because of climate change, because of things. Being exasperated, exasperated. You just have to. You're getting yeah more intense, uh, more intense weather events. Whether whether that's more intense drying, more intense wetting, more intense wind, more intense like 
but they're going to depends on where you are. They have to crunch the numbers again because the volume of water going down the river for a hundred year flood from you know whatever it was thirty years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, That's that's it's not that's it's not going to be the same value today. It's going to be a higher value for the hundred year flood. So you have to redefine the hundred year flood for all these areas. Right. Exactly. So it just gets. what what used to be something that they had to like reassess every fifty years now they have to reassess every two, so it, it, and there just aren't the resources to reassess it every two years. So things are getting reassess reassessed as fast as they can, but you know there's only so much resources to put on things like this. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so floods, not not good. Um, <laughs> the, you know what is a good flood? The They Might Be Giants album. That was a good flood. Oh. That was a good album. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of uh, when that came out. I don't know. I never, never listened to that band. 1990. <laughs> Thank you. I was I was googling it as I was talking. I am not yeah. a fast typer, uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. No, I grew up listening. They might be giants. Huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick on the coast with uh, Fiona Apple's Idol. Ooh. Ooh, is that the song we're going out with today? No, no, we got to go out with Led Zeppelin. Ah. Uh. When the levee breaks, right. yeah. I mean, that's Great that's song. where we started. Yeah, because when the levee breaks, we started, I, got no, I got no place to stay. That's where we started. That's where we should end. Nice, full circle. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, we apologize for the mini hiatus there. We had a scheduling snafu, but uh, yeah, as always, we love you. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Yeah. Uh, if you like uh, the podcast, uh, check out patreon.com slash geology flannel cast. Yeah. Uh, what else we got going on? Check out our website. We got some, some merch on there. Yeah. And Working I, on some pine glasses. And, and ooh, yes. Working on some pine glasses. I'm loving that. And also, just uh, tell a friend. That's it. Just tell, tell a friend. friend. T- tell a friend. Yeah. Send us an email. We'll check it two months later, and then we'll send you a sticker. Yeah, no, it's uh, mess- message your mate May. Message your mate May. <laughs> wow, I love it. That's some alliteration right there. Well, that's my thing. <laughs> All right. All righty. On that note, mates, have a good one, yeah. and we'll see you guys next time. Good day. Bye. Thanks for stopping by.